0: You're about to listen to the Healthy Church Growth Show with me, Madge Abasaki, minister, author, and visionary of growthechurchnow.com. I'm also known as the Healthy Church Growth Advocate. My guests on this show are fellow ministers, church leaders, and experts in their field. We'll share practical tips to address challenges and provide solutions for the church at large every Monday. Enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast. Now, this week we will be talking about finance and in fact, for the next three weeks, we will be looking at aspects of finance in your communities and what you as a local church might be able to do to help your communities to better manage debt and as a church to raise funds for your mission. Next week, I'll be talking to Redina Konechi, who is an international fundraising expert and she has so much information that we split her episode in two. But this week, I'm talking to Chris Couples from Christians Against Poverty And the work they do around debt management through local churches in the UK, USA, Australia, New Zealand and Canada. Now this episode was actually recorded in the middle of May when we were still in um, half in lockdown, especially in the UK and other parts of the world. Now, economies across the world have been impacted, which in turn has impacted your communities in terms of redundancies, loss of income and business closure. Now, debt was an issue before the pandemic anyway, but what will it look like after the lockdown eases? Chris and I will discuss all those subjects and more and how local churches can engage and partner with CAP. Christians Against Poverty to Achieve Mission. So enjoy this episode. And before I go, let me know what you think of this podcast. You can email or you can write a review on any of the podcast platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. I am talking to Chris Couples and he is in Northern Ireland and he's from Christians Against Poverty. Chris, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me, Madge. It's a, it's a privilege just to join you. And it's been great just to listen to a little a uh, few uh, snippets and bits from your podcast that you've done recently and just to hear what you're doing at this time. And I hope you're encouraged by all that you're doing.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I, I think um, some of the questions we're bringing up are so necessary. And one of them, of course, is about debt. And we're going to be talking about debt and how the church can help its um, community, its um, its congregates um, out of this terrible situation. And of course, we are in a really funny situation at the moment because. We're all living through a pandemic and um, this podcast is listened not only to people in Europe but also in North America and we're at different stages but you know it hasn't just ended like that. The virus doesn't say to itself we want to stop now and it has impacts. and one of those things is of course debt and before we get really into that we want to know a little bit about one thing I have found out is that um, you've been nominated uh, for the Leading People Award um, by the Chief Officers Third Sector Organisation, so congratulations for that. Um, I guess the ceremony would have been cancelled because it was just before the lockdown or just after the lockdown. So, um, so um, I'm sure we'll we'll find out whether you've you've won or not. But the fact that you've been nominated is is fantastic. So, congratulations for that. Uh, what did you have to do?
1: Uh, I don't know. Someone nominated me for it. That's <laughs> the best thing about it. Um, I, I guess I, I'm as intrigued as you are, but. Um, yeah, CO3 is, is a is a leadership organisation in Northern Ireland that I'm a part of, and part of what they do is celebrate success and, and champion that, and for me, yeah, leading people, it's all about that. Our people are the most important uh, part of what we do, bringing them on, leading them, investing in our people, and, and for me, over the last 10 years at CAP, that's been my focus in, in all that we do, whether it's the people I directly manage or people I get to meet along the way as well. So. Um, yes, I'm as intrigued as you are, Madge, about um, whether or not I might win or not.
0: Well, I think Along you're already a winner. The fact that you've been nominated and people feel that you are a leader, and yeah, this is all about leadership because
1: mm-hmm. you're
0: also the uh, director of church networks at Christians Against Poverty. Now, tell me a little bit about that that role.
1: Yes. Um, well, it's I, I'm I've been a cap. I just said a moment ago for ten years. Christians Against Poverty. Um, and uh, we are an organisation that works solely through the local church um, in, in the UK, but also in America, in Australia, in New Zealand um, and Canada as well, each of them a separate uh, charity that runs under the kind of banner of CAP, uh, Christians Against Poverty. but. Uh, we're all about empowering the local church to reach out and tackle poverty and we mainly do that through debt. So my role encompasses everything, as I stop and think about it, it seems a bit huge, but everything in terms of what we do with the local church. So we have uh, 1,200 workers across the UK that are all local church based, either volunteers or paid staff members, all part of the local church who run ministries like our debt centres, our job clubs, our life skills, to help practically in their community. And it's a complete partnership. We only work through and with the local church. We train them, we equip them, we resource them, and together them with our skills behind the scenes, we support them. So my role encompasses everything to do with churches for the first time, talking to them about how to meet needs in their communities or how we serve our 500 partners across the UK. Um, so a little bit of that.
0: No, I'm going to come back to that in a bit more detail because mm. obviously mostly church leaders are listening to this and um, will want to know how they can get involved. So I, I know that CAP isn't a, a very old organisation. How was it formed in the first place? Yes, um,
1: so we uh, were founded in 1996 by John Kirkby. John's whole story is, is really in some ways the story of John, um, in his early career, was very successful. He was actually quite successful in the finance industry, helped finance companies uh-huh. set up in the north of England.
0: Right.
1: Um, and was doing very well in that. He set up a couple of businesses, but then his whole world collapsed. His marriage broke down. His oh, wow. uh, ended up on his own in a bed set in Bradford uh, with his two daughters, and he had nothing. And it was in that desperation and poverty that he found Christ. He found a relationship with Christ through a local church that cared for him, that supported him, that walked with him. And what I love about his story is that that's the story of Cat. We care for people we walk with them. we do it through the local church 24 years later. Um, and, and that's what John then set out to do. After um, a number of years, he got himself back on his feet as a newfound Christian. He decided, I want to do something with my life that makes a difference. And While in debt himself, he started up Christians Against Poverty um, to help give advice and support to other people um, who were in debt, and and he started on his own in his bedroom office with five pounds back in 96, Um, and we've grown today uh, to a staff team of over 300, over 1,200 kind of frontline staff, uh, helping over 20,000 people every year, 500 plus churches running kind of core services, another 1,000 churches running a cap money, money management uh, program, so you know, God God has just taken John's gift and entrepreneurial style and grown that over the years and, and God's hand has been on this and that's probably the key thing. John's still our founder, he still works with us today. Um he's he's a character if you've ever met him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so awesome and you know, it came from, you know, personal need and and it really is a need and Interestingly, you have got a celebrity advocate in uh, a guy who is very big in the UK, I'm not sure about other parts of the world, but he's very famous. Martin Lewis is a big advocate of CAP. In fact, the reason I knew about CAP is because a couple of years ago I was watching, I think it was the This Morning program or something, I can't remember, and he mentioned Christians Against Poverty. Uh, with the caveat that you don't have to be a Christian to to access the service. Now, how does that actually work?
1: Yeah, well, exactly. What he says, I guess, in some ways, we, we are there for everybody. We are Christian as an organization. We partner through the Christian church, wherever that is, in America, in Canada, in New Zealand, in the UK. Uh, and we're there to help the church um, in both social action and practical tackling need, but also proclaiming Christ and sharing Jesus. We want to keep his gospel center of this thing. Uh, and, and so we, we keep those together. So we've never hidden that. And that's in our name, which is good. It's, in, it's on the tin. But at the same time, we're there for everybody. If people don't want us to pray with them, if they don't want us to invite them to church, if you know, that's, that's not always the reason people call. They call to get help and advice and support out of debt, but they know who we are as well. So we offer prayer. Uh, we invite people along to church. We say, can I tell you about, about my story? But that, that's a, it's an invitation. It's an it's a optional thing. We're there to give really, really good debt advice or help with unemployment or help with life skills, whatever it may be, through our services. Um, and, and we find that as long as we're upfront and we're honest about that and who we are, that doesn't put people off. I'm sure there are people along the way that, that choose not to come to us, and that's okay. But, but we want to help, and actually the majority of the people that we do help come from a non-faith background. So we're reaching right across the divide, um, which is brilliant. And, and all faiths are none, that's the thing.
0: You know, some organisations would have been tempted to take, and I mean, because Christianity in some quarters hasn't been um, as popular as it once was, let's say, um, some organisations might have been tempted to take the word Christian out. Why did you make the decision, you know, to keep it you or or John Kirby, to keep that that brand, if you like?
1: Yeah, there's a brilliant book, um, trying to think do I have it with me today it's in my bag Mm. somewhere a brilliant book called Mission Drift that encourage people and especially Christian leaders to read and it talks all about kind of how you have to fight to keep the gospel at the center of your organization and and that all credit to John and um, our CEO who's moved on actually our past CEO Matt Barlow who for many years them and previous people like myself and others in the leadership team along the way have fought to keep us a gospel-centered organization and we will continue to do that and And that starts with the name but it also it's about how we as an organization act and behave how we pray every single day as staff team how we start interviews and, and uh, meetings with prayer how we have staff that are there to help us in our spiritual growth Now we come as a diverse group of people with different theological experiences and that's good and that's okay and we work with a, a vast church but we're all followers of Christ um and 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 that's something we will fight for and, and I will always fight for as I'm part of this organization because we will, the gospel is relevant and it is changing lives today um, and at the same time we need to be Christians to practically help we need to give good and the best quality debt advice alongside an opportunity to know jesus so yeah I, I think we're unashamed of the gospel we're unashamed of of jesus and and if we keep core on that it means that there's money that we can't access from the government that means that people and companies don't partner with us at times but you know what god's got a bigger pot of money in our view um, and and we don't need to worry too much about that
0: amen to that Now, um, I I mentioned Martin Lewis earlier, and Mm. another, um, I I saw something else, I think he was talking at your annual staff meeting or something, and he mentioned the fact that there's not enough education around money. Is this the main reason for debt, do you think?
1: No. uh, Well, it's not the main reason that we see people presenting kind of the us, but but it's it, it's probably one of those secondary reasons or it's the underlying issue. And, and and in some ways, if we could raise the financial education level right across the world, um, how we view money, how we deal with money, how we plan money. I'm sure there's many listeners today that, that don't have a budget, you know, and, and that's mm. the fundamental starting mm. basic, you know, for all of us, you need mm. to, know your income, you need to know your expenditure and they need mm. to match up. <laughs> mm. Actually, you need to have a bit of room for savings and that's that's the basics of a budget. Otherwise, mm. it doesn't work. So financial education starts with just knowing how to budget. And then there's different levels of that, isn't there, as well, around kind of understanding whether it be mortgages or rent or credit cards and what's a good way of borrowing and not all borrowing is bad. But yes, I I, I think fundamentally, and one of our programs that we run is is a cap money course. Um, it's around... Mm. Uh, at 900 churches in the uk that are running that and thousands of volunteers taking that a great course you can find it online capmoney.org it also runs in new zealand australia canada and america as well Um, and it's something that if churches are looking for a way just to respond and to teach people whether your own members or those in your community both how to manage money how to build a budget how to grow confidence in your finances it's a great simple tool that runs over three weeks although it's flexible you can do one-off courses it can be run as a course it can be done one to one um but that might be a great tool for churches to consider as well um and in this current pandemic we're having to bring the training online we we usually do that face yeah. to face and there's online elements so we're we're about to release that just in the next couple of weeks, so it's actually going to be available soon online as well um but yeah it 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 to come back to the question it's a fundamental issue if if we all can raise our our financial education our understanding our abilities starting with just budgeting. Then, then yes, less people would be in debt. But actually the reality is, you know, I'm married to my wife Deborah, we have three young kids, we both work, you know, if one of us was to take sick or uh, lose a job or, you know, the, the, the life circumstances that happen to so many people, then 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 it would cause a big shock in our finances. We would probably be okay. For a time, but then you need to start making choices. And that's often the reason people fall into debt it's illness, it's job loss. Um, and there's a real concern through this pandemic right around the world that we're going to see huge levels of personal debt because people will be made redundant. You know, in the UK, the furlough scheme is brilliant, but it is going to have to come to an end. Um, so it, it's those things the relationship breakdowns, um, as well as borrowing too much and overextending yourselves or not budgeting well you know, and we probably all in our lives have made bad financial choices. <laughs> mm,
0: trust <laughs> me. Still yeah.
1: So, so, yeah, you know, as Christians, there's grace in that as well. Um, I think that's a wonderful thing about being a Christian. God forgives and we can move on and learn and, yeah. and, and and we don't need to worry about that. And that's the same with death. You know, there's a forgiveness there that, that, that God gives us, whether we're Christian or not. And, and, and whatever someone's personal circumstances, whether today and they're listening and they are, in over their heads and personal debt. There is always a way out. There's always a way out. There's always a way to turn that around. You just need to ask for help. Um, Organisations like ourselves, um, you can sometimes do that online. You can do that face-to-face over the telephone. There's different ways to get that advice. But just starting and recognising there's a problem and starting to deal with it is the first step.
0: Now, you, you, you mentioned a few things there. Um, first of all, um, the last thing you mentioned was people asking for help that could be a barrier to some people because of embarrassment, frankly, or, um, well, the shame, the embarrassment, uh, those are very big things. So what would you say to somebody out there that's going through it and really is feeling, you know, I'm gonna be judged? Don't
1: be ashamed. Um, The bravest step that you can take is to to ask for help. And and as I said, there's there's different ways to do that. You know, many of us, like those my colleagues across the uk and cap christians against poverty that offer free debt advice um or free money advice we will do it in a sensitive way we're not going to tell people who you are your story we'll we'll be careful and cautious we understand that you know it's a it's a private business and we'll work with you on that and that's the same whether you go to um, other organizations citizens advice who do some great work or step Mm. change online Mm. many many different organizations all brilliant that just want to help you know but the, the hardest thing actually is that it's 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 recognizing that actually i think whether it's dead or anything that we need help outside of what we've got and and all we at cap and others have we've got tools that can help and um, we can help advise you but we will work with you um but but taking that brave step and actually you know there is no shame whatever reason you've you've fallen into that as i said you know, there's many different reasons, often income shocks will be people here who today have lost their jobs um, yeah. because of coronavirus. That There's no shame in that. Mm. Um, and, and yet you will feel that and I understand that. But the sooner you start to deal with the problem of death, the sooner you deal with the money that you have coming in, however limited that may be and balancing your budget and looking to get support, then the sooner you can actually begin to tackle that problem. Um, so I would encourage people, yeah, if, if you are in that boat today, just pick up the phone, you uh, can call us at uh, CAP on 800 328 zero six. And as I said, Step Chain, Citizens Advice, many other different organizations across the world as well. You know, I would urge you to search, search for free debt counseling or in the U.S., I believe it's called credit counseling, Yeah. Um, as much as possible, uh, trying to get kind of the free advice because um, there are those that charge for it. And I would say, don't go to them. <laughs> it's not <laughs> worth <laughs> it, um, you know. We're in the business of helping people, and so are many of our colleagues in the industry. Um,
0: those, th- th- those details will be in the show notes, so we'll, we'll make cool. sure that's there. You're working through and with churches exclusively, and because of that, uh, they need s- sort of training and development, don't they, in terms of um, delivering the debt counselling? How does that work exactly?
1: Yeah, so um, it's a little bit like a franchise model. <laughs> there's, a, there's a back office support, and that's that's what we do really well at CAP. We are the expert knowledge, in particular around debt, which is the main thing that we do, our debt centres over um, 290 across the UK. But we also have um, services that run life skills and job clubs and Fresh Start, which help with other areas and run courses and communities as well. But But in particular, the debt... Uh, We have over 100 staff behind the scenes, debt advisors in our debt operations department. And we call it Debt Free Factory because we're always celebrating. We've had to stop celebrating how many people go debt free every day because it's so disruptive. (laughs) It's a good Mm. problem to have. We now group them together and celebrate a few times a week. But, but they are the experts. It's, it's a complex industry. You need to have the right knowledge and advice, and you need to have expertise. So we have some amazing staff that have been trained up over many years and have grown that and grown through the work of CAP. And that's the wonderful thing. The church and the local front line don't need to become absolute experts. They're working with us. They're pulling on that expertise. But they do the face-to-face, compassionate Caring community part, which is crucial because actually otherwise we're just a faceless nameless yeah. Organization, whereas we yeah. want to have a local touch point and that's the beauty of the partnership as I said it started I started 10 years ago as a debt center manager and um, Just not far from where I am in Belfast I used to go and visit clients in my own home and all the time I was working with experts behind the scenes who were helping give the proper advice and guidance But I get the journey with people. I got the drop of food in or invite them along or a little present for children and, and just be the hands and feet of Jesus in that local community. So very much works like that franchise model. People partner with us. There's a contribution. Um, we train staff up. We have accreditation. Uh, we have sign-off process. It's pretty robust and, and detailed. Um, sometimes we wish it wasn't, but it's really important that it is so that we give people the right advice and the best advice along the way.
0: Yeah, because it, it, um, uh, this sort of thing is regulated as well. So obviously it has to be robust with the right sort of government, governance, etc. in place. So can we just break it down a little bit more? So a yeah. local church, say my local church, um, comes to CAP and says they want to be involved in debt counselling for their local community. What's the first thing that, they, uh, that happens?
1: I almost go back a step. What I would say is if there's any churches listening today, one of the first things and most important things you need to do is, is, is assess your community's needs. Mm. You know, there will be data in every community, but actually there may be, it, it will look different in different communities. Mm. Um, there are spikes in some areas. So actually, you know, the first step is actually, and there's many great organisations that can help with this as well, but um, and even as a simple starter, obviously different right now, but doing some community audits, looking at government statistics around poverty and need, starting to knock the doors and ask questions of your local community and councillors and so on. Um, I, I think that and then the reason I start with that is because actually that will be the solution for every church. It might be that there's a greater need, educational need is, is more important and, and I'm really passionate about kind of giving the right tools to the right churches um, and also churches working together However, saying all that, say you've assessed your needs as a church and, and you've worked out actually debt is a problem in our community, um, of which it will be in many, many communities. And, and there's not another church already doing it that we could partner with. But, you know, and that's the other thing. you could Duplication. Yeah, we want, a, we want unity, you know, and we're sometimes not very good at that as a local church, aren't we? But, but increasingly we've, as an organization, grown up and learned that actually strength comes from unity. Strength comes as churches work together. Um, and, and we'll encourage that and, and, and are encouraging that more if you're a church and you're looking to partner with us you know there's a need in your local community that, that's the first step that's understanding that then beginning to talk through Well, what does it require you need a, a, at least a three day a week staff member or volunteer but we encourage often that is a paid role it's a significant role somebody who would come into that you need a volunteer team around you who we call them befrienders but they are the kind of people that befriend our clients they support them um, you might need a second coach. Uh, we call them a center manager and a deck coach, but, but a number of kind of trained roles. Um, you need a team in the church that will be praying for this. Again, linking that in and not keeping it separate from how you do prayer in the church. But, but you need to envision your church about the problem of debt, about why Jesus cares about those in poverty and why, what the Bible teaches about it. You need to, The church need to be bought in. So, so I say all that not to kind of say slow down, but actually there is a, there's, a, there's a journey. Mm-hmm. There's a journey that we will take and go on with churches that help identify the need, that help look to see what the best response is, to help find who the best people are in that congregation or groups of churches who, uh, who should be involved. And then there's a fundraising element as well, because for many churches, this is a big undertaking. If you're going to employ somebody uh, part-time, um, there's a contribution to CAP, which will vary depending on how many people you see per year. Um, but but usually starts around kind of um, five, six hundred pounds per month. Um, so it's, a, you know, and an not about a third of what it costs us. That kind of seems expensive, but it's so worth it because you get to serve your local community. You get to bring hope and a solution and connect with people who you might not otherwise connect with as a local church within your local community and wider. So. So there's a journey there around training and equipping. And, and the great thing is we've, we've got 24 years of experience of doing that with church. Um, hundreds across the UK, over 500, 600, um, where we are currently partnering with and others that have partnered with us in the past and, and groups of churches as well. So we've got someone in place. They're all ready to go again in this time. We've had to bring our training online. We usually like mm. to do some of that. There's an element of online training and self-learning, but we like to do that in person where we can. But we're, we're bringing that online for the rest of this year. And then, the, as I said a little bit before, there's a sign-off process as well. So when, you're not just left on your own to go, ah, I'm a debt counsellor now. No. <laughs> um, we walk through that process. We have area manager team across the UK. Um, so we've got three amazing people in London, probably close to where you are, Madge. London's big. And, uh, and region leaders and they are on the ground supporting our local work as well and, and, and equipping and providing a little bit of line management support so it, it's truly a partnership between the local church and, and CAP um, both short-term and long-term from the moment we kind of started that journey to say hey what's the needs how can we work together on this um, funding is often an issue uh, In truth many churches kind of go hey we can't afford this so we will work with churches and say well ha- let, let's see how we can make this sustainable How can we help you raise funds or fundraise for this locally or access grants and trusts so that you can respond to this need in your community? So that's a long answer.
0: Oh, Um, yeah, no, but a great answer. And um, interesting you mentioned um, fundraising because I'm going to be speaking to a a fundraiser after this episode, actually, Radina Koleci. And um, so we'll find out more about how churches can raise the funds because you know to do mission sometimes does cost um but as you said it's so so worth it now yeah. i i want to know um a, a bit about some of the people that have accessed the service so i have actually seen a few videos and there's one about a woman who um had cancer um found out she had cancer and then our her partner left, and it, yeah. it, things spiraled out of control. Have you got any examples like that?
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll share a story of Rebecca actually, and I have her permission to share her story. And Rebecca, I, I love sharing Rebecca's story because it's, it's it's I got to be a part of her story um, wow. along the way. So Rebecca, I met back in in 2011 actually, um, and we were on a short break actually. At, at that stage, we were we. We were taking some clients away on a short break and blessing them because they weren't able to do that themselves. And it was, But it was a break where, where people had the opportunity to explore faith. We called them discovery breaks. And I remember Rebecca walked in with her two kids to this break. And um, her youngest child was, was uh, about 18 months, probably slightly younger, and, and, and her older daughter was um, five or six. And, and, and she just looked burdened. <laughs> and there's a big flight of stairs, it was up at an old beautiful castle, very cold, but lovely place in Castlewell and in Northern Ireland. And and Rebecca came in and, and, and I simply just said, oh, let me take your car seat, let me take your bags. My wife, Deborah, it was before we had kids, those brilliant old days of all the time in the world. Um, and we just helped Rebecca, and we got to know her over the course of that weekend. And, and, and by the Sunday, God had been working in her life, and she just had some time to reflect and respond. We'd been able to care for the kids and let her to go to some very practical sessions that looked at anger and forgiveness and hurt and, and what the Bible says and that, and just opens up discussion. Uh, and through the course of that weekend, Rebecca responded and, and, and made a decision to follow Christ. And that's just the start of this journey that we have as Christians. And, um, Rebecca now is a member of our local church here um, in East Belfast and, and, and is a leader and mm. God has been using her to bring other mm-hmm. people to him. She runs our local food bank now. But the backstory story around Rebecca is that Rebecca had got married quite young. Her and her partner did make some bad choices and, and, and got a big mortgage and, and, and to be honest just weren't that great with money as she says back then. Great thing is she's now a cat money coach teaching other people how to manage their money. <laughs> But her husband um, at that stage, um, yeah, uh, ended up leaving her in in different circumstances. And and she was on her own, on maternity leave with two young kids and found out that the full extent of their debts were around £25,000. Over the course of five years, Rebecca repaid all of those debts herself while working part-time as a mum. an incredible resolve to do that. and Many times it would have been easy for her just to give up and go bankrupt. Um, of which is a great solution for many people who have no options but rebecca fought to pay that money back and she did that and and and, and yeah many many times along the way felt like giving up and, and it was tough but uh, there was a resolve within her that i see now she teaches others and cares for others and shares what she's learned because not only has her life changed, but she's now remarried and her husband yeah. is a Christian. There's the people around them. You see their kids flourishing, how she's sharing what she's learned along the way with others. And that's the thing, isn't it? When God changes our lives, it doesn't just impact us. So often it ripples out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rebecca just one story. Um, but one, yeah, that has been close to my heart for many years, actually.
0: That's so powerful. I mean, because, you know, sometimes we want to know, you know, what are the impacts of what we do? You know, how, how are they impacting individuals? Uh, there's some fantastic uh, videos actually on YouTube for people who've benefited from CAP. They speak themselves about where they were and where they are now. So that's absolutely brilliant. Now the pandemic, um, you know, date stamp, we are um, second week in May now, and oh, nearing the second week in May. And most of the UK is still in a somewhat of a lockdown, although it's being eased out slightly. But it's not really the lockdown I feel we need to worry about. It's what's gonna happen way after. And uh, what what do you feel the long-term impact? For instance, are are, are more people actually ringing CAP, contacting CAP, talking, worried about where they are in terms of their debt? People have been furloughed. So it means the UK government are actually paying 80% of the salaries of individual staff that qualify. Um, But as you mentioned earlier, that's actually ending in October. So what happens mm. after that? So have you ha- seen
1: an increase? Yeah, a couple of points there. Good questions. Uh, no, we haven't seen an increase. We've seen a decrease. Why?
0: Um, and
1: I know. At, at first, you kind of like really. And uh, <laughs> our, our our view. So the whole debt industry across the UK has seen a decrease. So it's not just us. Because of furlough, because of the support that's oh. been there, actually, people. And on top of that, the, the, you know, the government schemes have been fantastic. I, I, you know, and I, I know there will be people that fall through and have fallen through the gaps, but actually, they, they, they have offered this amazing lifeboat. Um, I'll talk more about when that ends, but what that lifeboat has done is that it stopped creditor action. It stopped mortgage action. It stopped bailiffs. It, it's basically stopped the debt industry and repossessions and all of that on its track for a couple of months. So, So the pressure that is often always there on on millions of people in the UK, um, real pressure has actually lifted um, and lifted like never uh, really in in our time before. So the only problem with that is that all that does is kick the problem down the line. I was going to
0: say, a bit of false security there, there, isn't
1: there? The reality is, and this is why I was saying earlier, people are listening. Maybe you're not at that crisis point. Brilliant. Do something now. Uh-huh. Don't wait until mm-hmm. you're in a crisis. Too often, we bury our hands in the sand and, and, and we wait until it's, it's never too late, but until it's worse. And that's the thing with debt. It's a spiral. It does get worse. You you, you rob Peter to pay Paul and, and you increase are in kind of, struggling to, to repay the money you borrowed for one thing to pay something else back. So, so the sooner you can deal with it and tackle it and starting with a budget is more important. But there's, there's a reality that, I don't know, it probably is a false sense of security and truth because if anything, the people that are on furlough or have had extra support have been able to pause their mortgage or rent payments or stop bills and things, it, they probably feel like they have more money. They probably do have more money right now. But those things still need paid. (laughs) The payments that have been missed or paused will need paid back later. Um, And and then, absolutely, right, there's there's kind of what next? Because the reality is we're hearing from businesses in the retail sector in particular that that there will be large-scale redundancies. Martin Mm -hmm. Lewis, who you mentioned earlier, is predicting anywhere from 100,000 up to a million redundancies in the UK. And... And I'm sure listeners around the world, this is a very real reality already for you in your context and in your country if you don't have schemes like we've had with this furlough scheme. So, so again, putting a figure a number on it is difficult, but we've heard some predictions that a further six million people will fall into unmanageable debt. Um, and that, that's concerning, you know, because the debt industry, ourselves and many of our partners were already struggling to meet the need and demand before this. And yet we're in this kind of strange window where it's gotten quieter mm. <laughs> and, and it's only going to get busier. So, so yeah, we, we, we believe, we know, we think it will, uh, the demand will increase. And what we're saying is is actually don't wait, get help today. There's a window where you might not need to wait as long. Alongside that, we're working really, really hard in this window. Um, we've, we've, we're not sitting doing nothing, as you can imagine. We've got loads of clients that are there. We've still got clients coming in we're supporting longer term clients whose whole income has changed we've had emergency support funds to to buy food shops and meet more emergency needs and that Mm. there's been probably those that are on the edge have been worse on the edge and those in the middle have probably been okay Um, uh, so we've been focusing our efforts on, on those most in need and those in poverty and those with the lowest incomes and on benefits at this time at the same time we're 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 trying to rebuild our service so that it can see more people in the long run. The reality is we think we need to react differently. Uh, this is true for many of us, whether you're a church leader today, and you think about what church will look like after the pandemic. Um, we all need to have different tactics and approaches as we come back to this. Um, and, and that's partly what we've been doing as well. We're, we're kind of working through, well, how could we potentially see and help more people when this demand comes? Um, so we've got some brilliant thinkers on that. Um, and. Yeah, God's with us. We believe.
0: Amen. Well, you, 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 you're right. You know, um, as as a post that I put out, you know, the mission's the same, but the methods definitely change, changing and will. Well, it's changed basically. I don't yeah. think it will be the same. And you mentioned earlier that you know you're um, taking advantage of online platforms to deliver uh, the courses um, that you run and the support. Uh, but is that in the short term or do you see that as, as a, a longer term strategy? Because I know originally you had people actually visiting the debt counsellors, f- visiting people in their home. Right. Obviously that's not gonna happen for quite a while. So you, do you think online will take over from that?
1: So uh, the two sides that what I mentioned earlier actually was our cap and money course, and and I um, think with everything we bring online, yes, you know we're not going to shut it down again afterwards in terms of online options. I, I think increasingly with many organisations like ourselves, we will will we'll see how people engage, we'll monitor that, we'll review it. We I believe there will be a place for online like there wasn't before, but. Um, our debt service in particular, one of the, the USP's unique selling points is that we do face-to-face home visits. That is cap, that's what people look for. Now, not everybody wants that, and we we've always added and, and had flexibility in that, but but what we're finding is the online version and the phone call version, it's not the same. People crave and long for human interaction. Um, many people in debt are isolated, debt mental health isolation are are significantly linked. And when you have low income, when you're in debt, when you can't afford to do the things that your friends are doing, if you even have friends anymore, because depending on how long you've been in that situation, if you're not working as well, you're isolated. So all of these things kind of go in a little bit of a a circle and, and can make it perpetually worse. So actually breaking that down by visiting someone in their own home for the first time, just saying, hey, can we open the curtains? let a bit of light in hey can i help you would you like to come out for a walk or go for a coffee that's something that's so unique about our service that i never we won't let go of. at the same time where people can access online and want to do that yes and we're probably going to do more of that um and, and, and we need to do it so it's right and it's the best um outcome for our clients you know what people want uh, what yeah. the church wants as well. But the church is about community, isn't it? And, and, and online creates community, but it's not the
0: same. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. Um, and it's funny because I was having this discussion with, um, I did some uh, commissioned work for a couple of local churches just before the lockdown. And interestingly, they had to employ these online services online platforms for the first time really a couple of them have actually said they have been able to reach more people so there's pros and cons People are online anyway They've got their smartphones on them and, and, you know, they're constantly on social media So there's pros and cons But yeah, human contact, you know, you can't beat that, that And especially as you mentioned, mental health, you know yeah. um, Having somebody to talk to face-to-face And, uh, you know, calling them on the phone It, it is not just the same yeah. But we can only do what we can do at this present moment in time yeah, exactly. One yeah,
1: point actually on that as well as losing those poverty, those on the lowest incomes. Um, you've seen a little bit of this in the news, but, but actually what we're finding, what we know from our clients, is they struggle to get online because actually they might have one mobile phone per house, no home internet, no broadband. You know, there's a, there's a poverty premium and a, mm. and a cost that actually excludes many people. One of the things we found out quite quickly when we tried to bring some of our courses online was that we've, we were told by the churches, kind of saying, people won't engage, they can't afford to engage. Uh, they're already using up their full allowance per month trying to you know do the things they need to do so suddenly Mm. there is a there's a poverty challenge there as well that, that it's worth being aware of we've tackled that a little bit by making some funds available to help top up clients phones so they can actually keep in touch and again we've been able to do that because supporters have been so generous with us um but yeah, and that, and that's why it it will be more isolating and more uh, and more difficult for those living on the fringes, either below or around the poverty line, wherever they are in the world. In mm. truth, and this will be even worse in many other countries around the world. Sorry to interrupt, Madge.
0: <laughs> but it, it, no, it's no problem at all. I mean, it, it it this is this is really bringing out all the complexities there are in you know because. We take it for, I mean, I take it for granted. I get on the internet, I've got an ethernet cable, I've got my, and I've got this, and I can just get on. But it's not the same for everybody, and we really have to remember that. So thank you for reminding me. But I must say to you that um, I can see how people can spiral into it. You know, in our own household, our food bill has doubled since we've been in lockdown. I mean, doubles and we've really had to, and it's not that we're buying luxuries or anything, but the fact is everybody's in the house and, um, and you're using more heating and, and that. And so I think possibly these things are gonna have a knock-on effect you know, possibly at the beginning of next year. So, um, so we really need to be aware of that. Now, I was really um, delighted to hear that um, because our listeners are not only in the UK but in other parts of the world that you're in now. Tell me the countries again, USA.
1: Yeah, so we've um, we're in Chicago uh, for now. We've already just launched a year ago in USA, so early doors, um, but starting to establish there. Simon Wilson is our national director. Uh, we're in Canada, we've been there around five years. Um, New Zealand, uh, it's near 12, 13, 14 years now. And Australia, which is uh, nearly 20 years, I believe. So we're, you can kind of see that path of where we've gone around the world. And um, each of those work on similar principles, but will work differently, obviously, towards a kind of legislation, jurisdiction. Absolutely. But, but, but all are grounded in kind of the same principles, working with the church, uh, offering free debt advice or counselling credit counselling, different names in different countries, uh, money advice and some other services.
0: Yeah, but you're all under the umbrella of CAT, the Christians Against yes, Poverty,
1: right. brilliant. Yeah, we have an international kind of governance board that works across all of the countries in the world. So yeah, it's and it's wonderful to be able to partner with the church across the world and to see, you know, a mission that is transferable, social action and the gospel and practical help through the local church, you know, this thing, can work in different countries, as, of course. as I said, legislation is different, but it, yeah, it's, it's great. So again, there's different websites you can Google uh, Christians Against Poverty uh, America or Canada, New Zealand, Australia, if you're in any of those countries.
0: Wonderful. I want to end with asking you what any local church leader can do right now. Do they contact you? Do they contact the office if they're really interested in exploring this? and knowing
1: more about what they can do yeah so w- under my remit uh, one of my teams is the church engagement team and, and as i said earlier their whole remit is about uh, partnering with you the local church helping you see the needs and and that's that's a key step in that actually we, we try to help you look at the needs of your area and respond to them and, and sometimes that means we say don't do cap <laughs> do that instead because that's the best thing
0: right. for
1: you and your church in your community or or, or we m- it might appear to be that so i think that's a really important step so sometimes it might seem strange that we say don't partner with us go with them <laughs> but saying that what we want to do is help local churches assess that need respond to that need partner with gospel-based charities and others um so get in touch on our website capuk.org is the best place There's a whole bunch of stuff that just you can start to read in you can request a call back from the team um as you can imagine some of the team or all of the team are working from home they kind of different yeah. hours and everything i Um, Usually those guys would come out, they're regionally based, they would come out and visit you and, you know, have a coffee, get to know you, your congregation. Um, But we can still do that over the phone or on Google Meet or um, Zoom and different things. So um, absolutely start the conversation. There's a number of kind of practical things I'd probably name. One, our Cap Money course, I said that earlier, that's coming online very soon. Have a look out for that. Uh, You can get people trained as a church to teach others in your church and community how to build a budget, how to manage their money, how to get on top of that. It's so simple. It's £45 per person to be trained. Um, all the materials, we'll ship them to you as well and only online resources. Then we have three, I uh, haven't mentioned much in this uh, podcast today, but three group services. We call them um, job clubs, uh, which is there to help people who are unemployed. And that, that looks like a local club and it
0: mm. usually is
1: face-to-face. <laughs> um, and it runs in a kind of club format where people get together, they get CV support and help. Uh, for employability skills, it has an eight-week course built in there. That's flexible. That course it revolves an element of coaching, um, and there's uh, over a hundred of those across the UK. Again, we train people. We're bringing that training online in July, September, and November. Uh, so again, there's ways on the website you can find out about that. Another two. Um, final ones life skills which is all about kind of life skills it's about mm. cooking on a budget uh, there's a little bit of money management built into that teaching very practical skills there's some there's, there's different tag-ons and courses and sessions again it's very flexible um that you can run um that looks at kind of even parenting or how to say no to your children especially around money but it's all based around kind of what we have and learning to cope within that and cooking and having confidence with the money that we have whether you have a little or a lot um, and that's a great course It ties on really well with uh, other things churches are doing and then the final probably smaller area of our work is Fresh Start which looks at dependencies, habits, um, it's, it's not for addictions but actually it can be a great support for people who are getting medical advice and support and again it creates a community. Um, there's an element of course there's an element of coaching you can see the three c's course community coaching through all of those <laughs> and and they are tools that's all they are for a local church to reach out and respond to whether it be unemployment whether it be people struggling on a budget or whether it be people struggling with bad habits or um addictions or dependencies and different things um, and, and and they just dovetail nicely along with other things that a church are doing so um there's that and then our debt counselling and we're always looking for more churches to partner with us mm. with that kind of there's a longer journey there um just as we work that out and partner with you but start the conversation get in touch is the short answer and mm. um, let us support you let us journey with you find out a bit more about you and, and see how we can serve you the local church because that's what CAP's all about
0: Yeah, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So I have a conversation with um, Christians Against Poverty. It's been so delightful to talk to you, Chris. Uh, uh, So many insights and uh, I'm sure that churches are going to engage uh, with you. We'll certainly be putting it out there. Everything that you said today will be in the show notes. I want to say God bless you and um, may he continue to give you strength to carry on your own personal mission and the mission of the church in general through CAP.
1: God bless. Thank you, Madge. And thank you for your show. Uh, Yeah, having watched some of the episodes, it's just amazing that you're kind of bringing these experts together and
0: blessing the church in this way. Thank you.
1: uh, my prayer is that you'll be encouraged as you continue to do that.
0: Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you gained some insights. If you did, please share the show link with other leaders. And don't forget... Every Monday, we'll release another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show.